0: Eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. What's up, guys? Uh, It's Kay Johnson here from the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. I just wanted you guys to know that the UK base, Full10Yards.com, has their 2021 NFL Draft Guide coming out. April first, so go go check it out. Go go buy it. Over 200 players, including myself, are being scouted on there. Um, get your pre-orders in now. Check it out.
1: Hello and welcome to Draft Week, everyone. Welcome to the Vault and Now College Football Podcast. We are here, gentlemen. We're here. It's the week. We're mere days before the draft. Really, really excited. And what we're going to do is we're going to rip each other to shreds. We've all Put our mock draft out there. Uh, Kieran's isn't quite out in the internet space yet, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll show rip him to pieces but on your on your behalf, as I'm sure you'll get when it goes out there. But guys, we've made it. How do we feel?
0: Tired. Tired. <laughs> <laughs> yes. sums it up. <laughs> yeah, thank God. This is the last time I'm going to look at any mock drafts. That's my that's my um, statement. There. This is the last night, and then we can just get to Thursday. I was
1: saying this to someone else yesterday, you know, um, that I've done, personally, I've done, like, I think about seven pods. I'm sure you guys are pretty much the similar sort of thing over the past couple of weeks put out so many articles and I'm just I'm just done with it I just want to I just want to be on Thursday evening where we can kind of sit back and relax and enjoy it all together so yeah I think that's something I'm pretty much uh, <laughs> combined tired from you guys there but
2: excited at the same time of
1: course yeah. You say that. Yeah, yeah yeah, absolutely it's um, it's an exciting time obviously our teams are going to all get better which is which is fantastic that's what we're hoping at least Um, but yeah like I say we're going to go into each of us mock drafts and we're going to ask us some questions and we're going to kind Of give some explanations of why we've picked what we've picked. So, who wants to go first? Andy, should we go for you? Because we you kind of put yours out quite a while ago now.
0: Yeah, can do mine's um, obviously mine's still uh got the chiefs picking, but I mean, I'm quite happy to roll with that being uh picked for the Ravens as well. Um, man, where, like where to start with this? It's it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think three of us have got uh fields as like going third overall when like probably. Like from what we've heard, that doesn't seem too, uh, not too much like it's going to happen at the moment. So like, I mean, I'm I'm just going to skip past that. I'm going to get into the kind of five, six, seven sort of picks where that's where it gets really interesting, doesn't it? Move move beyond those like, first few quarterbacks and stuff. And and I can see that we've all got Chase at five, which is interesting given the kind of um, O line sort of need there. Um, but then I'm a I'm an outlier in the fact that I've got Devonta Smith at six and the other all the rest of you got Carl Pitts, I think. So I think that I mean I'll just dive into that for a second. I still think that the Dolphins are going to value chemistry like really, really highly and in, in, in this uh, in this draft process. I think like Raj has talked to me about it before about like you know valuing the people they've worked with at the senior bowl, valuing the guys that they know are going to come in and are going to make a difference, they're going to connect with Tua. Sure, I mean Carl Pitts should come in and do all of those things. But it seems to be more of a certainty with Devonta Smith at the moment. I think they're going to stick with what they know best. They're going to roll down that route. Um, I think it's interesting because when I look at you guys, and where you've got Smith going, it's all over the place from there on out, isn't it? It's like some of them falling right down the board um, into the into the middle of the team. So that's like that's really interesting, quite variance there. Um, no, I'll skip on a few more um, Go, you know, I, the, the interesting pick for me here was actually like, staying in the AFC East was like the Patriots because I didn't really know what to do at 15 with them um, I haven't done any trades by the way I just thought I'd, I'd just get it out as it as it stands at the moment because I find it really difficult to kind of predict where everyone's going to jump around so I, I was stuck and I was taking Caleb Farley there and, and I just I, I wanted to pick um, Mac Jones obviously I uh, I didn't do it for you Kieran I'm sorry mate but uh, I, just, <laughs> I just I just I just couldn't really bring myself to do it because I don't think Bill really is going to value that kind of like average quarterback player. I think he's got that in Cam as it is. I think he's going to look to next year if he doesn't go right this year and give himself something better uh, to go forward with because it's a kind of you're getting like the scraps. I think with, even with like Jones at 15, there. I mean, uh, obviously the, the 49ers might differ completely, and i will <laughs> definitely bow to their knowledge. But uh, Caleb Farley here just kind of fits that need. Get rid of uh, Stefan Gilmore uh, and move on in the process. Um, should have gone for JC
3: Horn, JC Horn and JC Jackson. What a tandem!
0: Yeah, exactly. But JC Horn's going at ten here with me to the to the Cowboys. So far too early for, for you guys. Um, and then I, I'll pick up one more just before we move on. I mean, jumping back, jumping down to thirty and with the Bills staying in the AFC East. Funny enough, uh, I've gone for Ronnie Perkins. I think I'm the only one of you guys that's got him going in the first round. And um, I just think there's such a need for the Bills there. It feels like they're going to get a better cornerback um, in round two if they want, because it, you know everyone seems to be in agreement. They need an edge rusher, they need a corner. So I think Perkins is a kind of one of those guys that we've seen rise up the board um, in the last few months. Got some really, really good tape. Got some fairly average tape as well, but they'll really like that ceiling. They don't really need anything like massive to, to keep going and get, to get back to where they were last year on the, on the verge of the Super Bowl. I think Perkins is a good de- uh, d- uh, developmental piece and he's going to really kind of step up and, and give them something just to tip them over the edge and maybe get past the Chiefs in, in next year's AFC Championships. If it isn't the Dolphins, sorry, Virgil, I apologise to, to all my <laughs> Dolphins fans out there, but I think we're still a year or two away from that.
1: It's an interesting mock. I mean, like you say, you've got the sort of time that's passed, so you know, it might change your mind on a couple of things. I think we all kind of regret putting him out this early uh, because of the Justin Fields thing. Um, and, you know, we, we think that it's going to be Trey Lance now because we can't really stop want Matt Jones going at three. Uh, you kind of preempted my question, to be honest with you, was about Ronnie Perkins, my original question that I had because I thought, you know, it's about as high as I've seen in mocks, to be honest with you, and the way you've explained it there, it does make a lot of sense because the Bills don't need a great deal. I was going to ask you about, you know, about that, but I'll kind of ask Kieran a question on behalf of that sort of thing. Would you be, would you be happy with Caleb Farley as a,
3: as a pick because I don't see a lot of corners going to the Patriots? Mm, given that we're look next year is going to be tough because we have to choose essentially if we want to re-sign Stefan gilmore and jc jackson uh I personally i'd lean towards re-signing jc jackson i know his progression this year um was probably just due to the fact that he was getting more balls thrown his way because obviously Stefan gilmore was defensive player of the year the previous year um but You know, looking at, I love Stefan Gilmore. He's one of my favorite players all time. But looking at the age thing, I think if we're going to draft a corner, that's a good guy who we can then, you know, maybe not have him out there all year this year. Just let him develop a little bit and then replace Stefan Gilmore with him. And I think he's a good kind of fit um, to replace Stefan Gilmore if they play very similar games, similar height, you know, wingspan and stuff. So, yeah, like it's going to be sad to see either one go, but I think Caleb Farley's probably – I mean, he's cornerback two or three on my list. I'm still kind of, like, undecided who I'm going to put behind Elijah Molden. I'm joking. Um, uh, no, because I still think Patrick Sertain is 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 probably, like, undoubtedly the best quarter, cornerback in this class. Um, I'd be happy with it, though. Like, it, you know, no one's going to be pissed off with a, a top three – corner in this year's draft and given how bill will develop a guy like jc jackson who's undrafted into an absolute you know defensive player of the year candidate and won the biggest pro bowl snubs who since julian edelman took over from wes welker <laughs> uh, and if he can do that with an undrafted guy look at what he's going to be able to do with a first round a guy's being looked at widely as a first round talent all right pretty resounding yes then i'd say
2: got a question on andy smock i think um you're one of the few people to give Denver a corner at nine. Considering at free agency, they uh, I think they signed two corners. They signed Carl Fuller and then I, I can't remember who the other corner was. What, what's what's your reasoning behind giving them another corner?
0: Yeah, I don't think they had any corner on the roster before they they bought in Fuller. And you're a very good point. And I can't remember who the other guy is. I remember looking at the other guys kind of like on a uh, like several million pound one year deal. So it feels to me again like best player available there and I know that we probably all disagree on the best player available at that point but I think I've been I've been mocking Denver at corner uh, consistently for a while they get picked on a lot um, uh, you know out wide I've obviously got Justin Simmons in the middle who's like an absolute beast at uh, safety but you know I remember watching the Dolphins last year and it was kind of and even you know even our like poor receiving core in that game has still created a bit of separation I think they just need a young face to come in there's only so much um, you know you know, Fullers only got so much left in the tank, um, and they just need a guy for the future. So, I mean, look, they need a quarterback, don't they? That's the, that's the kind of consensus. Unless you're a Drew Lock fan, uh, Kieran, but um, it, it feels like they could go in any direction. So it's kind of like throw a dart at the board there. I think Sutain's the best player available, um, and I think they've been absolute immediate upgrade. You've also got to consider who they're competing with every year: uh, Chiefs and, and and kind of Keenan Allen and stuff. They need to cover for the Chargers, so. Certain's going to be absolutely well well able to kind of match up with some of the best guys out there in a year or two.
2: Is it Ronald Darby was their other one, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, that's it. it Who's nothing special these days, is he? So, mm, no. Mm. Yeah.
4: Go ahead, Ed. On this, on your mock, Andy, I mean, I want to get into, get into this because I don't want to like dominate all of my questions about first round running backs because everyone knows how I feel about them. But I want to kind of kick in on the Steelers. I want to kind of know why the Najee Harris pick you make sense of them. I know there's a lot of like smoke out there suggesting that they're going to do it regardless, but I just kind of question the causality of this. Is where they're losing what three starters on their offensive line. Uh, Matt Fowler's gone to the Chargers, I think. Pounce is retired, they've lost guys. Where when Tevin Jenkins is on the board, do you would you consider that maybe if there is the right offensive lineman there, they go with that? Because otherwise, you're just sticking Najee Harris before in front of five guys, and he's not able to do anything anyway.
0: Yeah, I think that again, the point is that there's a depth here, isn't it? It's, it's like it's gonna it's gonna be quite consistent for me. In fact, that who you can get in round two, even round three, to be honest, it's gonna be able to plug in and play here. I mean, I think that when uh, when Darisau goes off the board, um, I mean, I'm not I'm not sold that there's a whole lot of like first round like, tackle quality there. Then, so I think I, if if you kind of weighing up against each other I think Harris is better than the kind of uh, O-line prospects are there I think they can dip into that in the second round um, go back to revisit that there's still a few free agents kind of sat on the market there if they need to kind of you know put some ample bro- blocking in place for for Big Ben this year I think I think for me as well I think it, it just seems to me it's like a one more chance for the Steelers to run with Big Ben isn't it that's that's the only thing and I think the more weapons he's got the better we saw time and again last year we'd have to kind of just drop back and, and start throwing, and there was no way he was handing every snap off to, to Benny Snell or, or even James Connor. So it was just painful to watch because you just knew exactly what was coming. Um, so you give them Harris, and even then when Big Ben goes next year, it's the perfect complement for that rookie quarterback coming in. I mean, that's, that's why all the Dolphins fans are so excited about that because it's going to give you, if the Dolphins do take him, three down back, take some pressure off the quarterback, let him develop a bit further. And that's exactly what they're going to get in it in a year or two when Big Ben's gone. If the Steelers do get him and and you know it, it, so it works both ways for me. There was a bit of logic there in in that. So yeah, I reckon that's the that's the that's the starting point for me there. I'm very happy with that to be fair. As an
4: AFC North Fan, I'm happy for the Steelers to run it back with Big Ben <laughs> as long as they want. Because as much as I like Najee Harris, I don't think it 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 changes enough for them to run it back. I don't think any pick changes it enough to run, run it back with Big Ben. So I do see what you mean, because I think there is a certain safety blanket to having a good running back in the backfield. But uh, just on my personal note, I think the Steelers could hit a guy like... I don't know. Say Javante Williams is there in the second round. That might be better. But I, I do see, I do see the reasoning for it. Uh, and I think that I mean Najee Harris might even be off the board at that point. With yeah, the- that's it,
0: isn't it? So you will see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, I, I think the Steelers are going to be picking top like fourteen. 14- Maybe even top ten next year, based on the way they kind of faded out of the uh, out the the, the the game at the end of the year, didn't they? But you just, I uh, still, there's still part of me which goes, Mike Tomlin's a good enough coach to get something out of nothing, really. So, yeah, interesting one to watch. But yeah, I, I guess just it's is a massive upgrade on what they had last year. But like you say, running behind a, a downgraded line. Come on, Kieran.
3: Also, people forget this about Najee Harris because of the size and the fact that. I feel like he just runs over dudes on purpose at some points. Um, he has a great pair of hands, and he's also a very, very, very good receiving back. I mean, he's probably the best receiving back in this class, and probably even in recent memory, because he's not injury-prone, like, say, quads or whatever. But, like, in terms of a receiving back, he's he'd be a big weapon wherever he goes, to be honest. But I just don't think any running backs – this year, with the exception of maybe him or Etienne, are uh, worth a first round pick.
0: That's it, isn't it? It's it's a it's a hard one again because I, I think if you look at the start of the second round, like even before the Dolphins at uh, thirty six, there's probably three teams that could take a running back there. Um, like you know, you've got the Jags. Okay, James Robinson was good. Um, compliment him. Give Trevor Lawrence as much health as you can. You've got the Falcons who, like. Desperate need for a running back as well as you know anything else that they need. Um, so th- those guys are kind of all like in the uh, uh in the market, really. I mean, uh, the, the Niners won't take one, um, uh, the Niners aren't even picking there, are they? Because that, that's, that's me just moving around with the trade, but um, you know, it it's just feels to me that, that there's teams that are sat there that is just, just more likely to take them, so you need to get the quality running back early. I don't think Javante Williams is going to make it back to the kind of back end of the second round, as, uh, as Edge just said, but. Um, you know, the, the, those three guys are going to go off fairly quick. And then, for me, it gets into a bit of a crapshoot with the running back position. Then could be anyone from Chubba Hubbard to uh, Kenny Gainwell to, to Michael Carter that goes off then. So, you know, you got, if you want your guy, go and get a good one early.
3: Because I have Najee Harris going to Dolphins in the second round.
0: Yeah. See, I mean, so just because of the chemistry
3: thing as well. It's yeah. hard to get... And that's why I'm an odd about the pick, picks I made for him because it's hard to have... That sort of chemistry is literally the only reason I've put base for the Bengals because you've got chemistry that's been developed over a nice period of time.
0: Yeah, exactly that. And I it, it mean, like I can see. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I can't remember what Raj has done, but uh, I know that like if you if you want to pick someone else for the Dolphins at eighteen, then there's every like they've got all the capital in the world to come back up into the mid twenties to get Harris if he's still there, and then you've got three absolute like you know very exciting picks. No, no guarantee they'll hit, but I mean, I can't. I can't Dolphins' Twitter would just be unbearable. It's unbearable on the on the best of days, but the the hype for like until the start of September would be absolutely kill me. But but we're here for it.
4: One final one on, on from me, Andy, on your mock is that the pick that really intrigues me is the Ravens taking Gregory Russo. Uh, I don't. I mean, this is the thing I have with Gregory Russo is I feel like I, I like what he brings. I loved his tape I twenty nineteen, very productive, but he's kind of this guy who's not really. Uh, 4 feet defensive end he doesn't have that kind of elite bend and I'm not sure he's quite big enough to be a 3-4 fighter do, do you see him as someone they're going to try and bulk up to replace Calais Campbell is that is that the day is that the deal there yeah, because,
0: like, if, like that, yeah.
4: if it is that would be that would be good but I'm just I'm kind of trying to work out what they'd have to do with him because so he'd have to put on weight
0: I think he's like as like we're all kind of seeing the same thing aren't we like, uh, like flashes of brilliance then bang average the next play sort of thing that's what the tape shows but I think that's almost what's in his favour here again it's another one a bit like Ronnie Perkins it's another one those those picks that doesn't need to immediately hit and it kind of develop over time and like you say I think he's he's so raw that I still think he's really open to to manipulation about what his career is going to look like depending on which which scheme he falls in so yeah I mean I, I can see him uh, you know, I can see him putting on a load of weight, or I can kind of see him just being a situational pass rusher. Like in a couple of years, if it doesn't work out for him, so yeah, it's an interesting one. Go on, Kieran. I, I just got to
3: pull Ed up. He he's turned Calais Campbell French. <laughs> yeah, I call him Calais Campbell. I think
4: it, I think it <laughs> adds a certain. I I realised myself. I think it adds a certain je ne sais quoi to. Um, <laughs> so. He's he's he's, oh, he's duty free pass rusher. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, I thought, you know, I thought the French might be with your street, you know, Louisiana and all that. So, yeah. Fucking hate. Let's move on very, very swiftly before we get into any of all that stuff. Um, Raj, before, did you have your hand up to go next? No. Oh, well, I can go next if yeah. you want to. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> there you
2: go. Pick me out. Um, okay. So, uh, my top three picks. Obviously, I have fields at, uh, at San Francisco at three as well. And top, top two to speak themselves and then. First, first, obviously controversial things. So I have Denver going up to four. Um, I just think that they the last time they picked in the top ten was to get Bradley Chubb, and that was the same draft that they could have had Josh Allen and uh, Drew Locke and uh, Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch was end of the first, and Drew Locke obviously second. So they haven't really picked this high recently. And I think uh, uh, what's it, George Patton wants to make a stamp on his first first gig as GM. And John Elway has been craving for his quarterback for God knows how many years and obviously since Manning. So I just think Denver are going to move up, be aggressive. And I think obviously the caveat to that is Matt Ryan's still in Atlanta for another two years. If you get a rookie quarterback at four, if the Falcons get a rookie quarterback at four, you're basically sitting in for two years. And that really dents the, the the value of getting a rookie quarterback with the, uh, with the five-year um, option. The whole point, you have the full five years to get pieces in free agency to to really manoeuvre that roster for five years to really go on a Super Bowl run because after those five years it gets a lot more difficult if you're paying your quarterback. So that, that's why I have Atlanta moving to nine and, and in that division as well when you've got uh, the Bucks you have to beat the Bucks because you, uh, as far as I'm concerned any, any team that didn't win the division you've got to find out how you beat the team that won their division. And with the Bucks with Evans and Gronk and, and Godwin and obviously Brady just defying logic with his age as well it's just... They need corner help. They could put so many offensive weapons, but if they get in a shootout with any of those teams, I just don't think they're good enough defensively to even cope with the Bucks. Um Saints obviously are the unknown with Jameis and I think Caroline, obviously, if Darnold gets better, they they have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So they need corners to really help help them down in Atlanta. Um and I also have the Chargers moving up to to seven. Um I just think if Sewell's on the board at seven, it just makes sense you pair him with his. Is, um is mate Justin Herbert, and you know that's probably one of the last missing pieces for the Chargers, because in theory, obviously, the offence is, is has has the weapons. Obviously, Hunter Henry has gone, but the offence has the weapons, and with the free agency acquisition of um, Corey Lindsley as well, that line is really, really solid. so add the left tackle that Herbert knows from, from his Oregon days, it just makes so much sense, and then giving up a first and a second. Just it just um, yeah, it's a no-brainer for me. Uh, also, Dallas. I've got I've gone offensive line rather than corner. I think corner seems to be the 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 pick that people usually go for for Dallas. But I just think if Jerry Jones has shelled out forty million a season for his quarterback, who's just coming off a broken leg, I think it's imperative that you've got to keep him up. And Dallas four or five years ago with that. Humdinger on offensive line, I think Jerry Jones wants to get back to that. And also, he wants to get back to Ezekiel Elliott running the ball and getting big yardage because last year, it just, it just wasn't his year. And the offensive line with Zach Martin and Tyron Smith um, injured, if you've paid your running back a stupidly, a stupidly crazy contract, you need to get value out of him. And hence, if you upgrade the offensive line with, with Roshan Slater, he could start a guard and then once the other two, so Smith... Once, obviously, they're older now. So once they get older, you can move them out to tackle. It just just makes logical sense. You've got to protect your biggest investment, which is uh, which is uh, Dak Prescott, and with Chase Young in that division, he, he he is Washington are the team to beat in that division. So you've got to stack stack that offensive line. Um, I also have the Cardinals going up to uh, eight from sixteen. Uh, I just think they're going to be aggressive in in uh, replacing Peake. Uh, obviously, the, the two consensus cornerbacks, 1A and 1B are Sartain and, and JC Horn. So Cardinals, I think they're, they're pretty loaded offensively as far as I'm concerned, but defensively get your cornerback to replace Pat, Patrick Peterson. Um, and then I've got the Browns moving up from 26 to 18. And the reason being, I think they're just one missing piece away from a Super Bowl roster. And I think uh, Jeremiah Usu it's a perfect fit for the linebacking group, considering how much pass rush they've got now with Miles Garrett and um, Jadavion Clowney. It's ideal for someone like Jock, as obviously is his reference. It's, it just, it's just ideal for him to absolutely be a thumper in the run game and the pass game, be that hybrid safety linebacker that they really need. Obviously, they've got uh, John Johnson from the Rams in free agency as well. So, And they've got players coming back in terms of Grant Delpit Um, and yeah that that defense will be scary with JOK in in the linebacking core. and then the controversial pick probably of the whole round is um, Spencer Brown Uh, I'm really high on Spencer Brown and uh, him to the Ravens uh, to replace Orlando Brown so obviously shirt sales wouldn't be an issue because he just gives Orlando Brown shirt to Spencer Brown and that saves a lot of money so there's some rationale behind that take Um, but also as well I just think his rascal, I know we, we've talked about pro days and all, and all that a couple of weeks ago, but that just, to be the number one scoring offensive lineman since 1987, that is going to push him way up draft boards. Um, obviously, he's a, he's a small school guy, but 6'8", 320, length, he's good with his hands. I can see him really being pumped up to the, to, to the back end of the first, because I don't think he'll be there when... Um, in the middle of the second because I just think those measurables are so enticing for a team that really need offensive tackle help. And so, yeah, that's the summary of my picks. Obviously, with the Dolphins, I've gone um, Pitts and Najee Harris at 26. The reason why Miami trade back to 26 is because there's a big void in in the latter latter end of the draft that the Dolphins have in terms of picks. So um, just an accumulation of picks there so that they can keep the consistency of drafting pretty much every round. So, um, And they still pick up their guy because Steelers get Ojolari at 24 because uh, Bud Dupree obviously left a free agency. So there's a space there with Alex Highsmith, the the, the replacement for Bud Dupree. But he had a, he had a good rookie season, but competition – uh, with Ojulari there opposite T.J. Watt, I just think that makes sense to to keep Pittsburgh's defense one of the one of the best defenses in the league.
1: I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna start where you where you left off there, Raj. I, I really was interested in this Ojolari pick to the 24. Obviously, it's a player that we know that I really like. who's my edge one. I just was it was a bit surprised because it, it I don't think I've ever seen it before. I don't think I've ever seen it, but what what made it Ojulari over the more traditional sort of picks such as a running back or an offensive lineman or something like that? What made it? What made him sort of be the pick for you? I just think that
2: <laughs> by Dupree going and in in that division as well, you need to get to the quarterback. So obviously you need to get to Lamar Jackson, um, and obviously you need to get to Joe Burrow with obviously if, if, if the Bengals pick. Chased, and they're still a porous offensive line if they don't nail their their second round pick. Um, so, and uh, who's the other one in that division? Oh yeah, Cleveland. Obviously, need to get to Baker Mayfield, and, and obviously the the Browns' offensive line is is, is stacked. So um, you just need to generate that pass rush because Baker under pressure is not as good as Baker without pressure. Mm-hmm. So again, you need to be you need to beat who's top that division. Um, and obviously, I think Cleveland will be. The top dog next season in that division, so you've got to get to the quarterback. If you if you let Baker if you let Baker roll, then he can destroy you with time in the pocket.
1: Yeah, I like it. I like it. Like you say, you've got to beat who's in who's in your division on you, and obviously the team to beat is Cleveland at the moment. So yeah, I like that a
4: lot. My big one on this is obviously the Chargers trading up for Pene Sewell. Like I want to put you in the in the mindset of the the Detroit Lions here. Would you really pass on Penae Sewell? If he was there. I know they're in a rebuild mode, but this guy is, you know, a top tackle talent. You're looking at him seven and you're thinking, well, if he could be that cornerstone of our franchise moving forward, why would you move down? I see the I see the appeal, but do you see the the scenario where you know Motor City Dan Campbell's being there, like, you know what? This guy's a bit of me, generational guy, cornerstone of the franchise. I might not move back and let the Chargers have him. I just think.
2: Denver, uh, sorry, Detroit are in full rebuild mode. So I think they just need to get as many picks as they can and just get volume rather than um, probably BPA. So hence uh, uh, going back, and they're so devoid of receiver talent. Uh, who's their best receiver? Was it Quintus Cephas? Or uh, their their receiver talent is absolutely horrendous. So I just think get as many picks as you can if you're if you're if you're the Lions. And there is like like we've said, there is offensive tackle. Depth in the second round they could easily get uh an Alex Leatherwood may fall there um Liam Eichenberg um Brady Christensen, Christensen there is talent in the second round as well and obviously they might do some more wheeling and dealing to get as many picks next year because can you see them going two years with Jarrod mm, I don't know they obviously have a first round next year as well so yeah it's just about this for them they're in a 2-3 year rebuild um if if you're going to pay Jared Goff, you need to give him some weapons because otherwise he's just going to be like a a, a dummy in the in the pocket there. He's just he's just going to be he sees ghosts when there's decent pass rush. If he's got um, if he's got no weapons to throw to, then good luck Detroit. You've got no chance. You're probably picking first next year. That's so, fine. Anthony
4: Lynn just wants to run the ball, so just let Anthony Lynn run it straight down the middle fifty times a game, and just lead Jared, Jared Goff there, just doing nothing.
2: I got PTSD
1: what, from you saying that, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> what, I
4: would, what I would say is that if if I was the the Lions here, and I am passing up on Panesar, and I I think you're kind of in a situation here where yes, they have first round picks in the future, and we're probably going to see a quarterback be one of them. I'm not sure you can give up on a guy like Penny Sewell, who is, I think, the best tackle in the class. I think he's the best non-quarterback in the class. That's just my opinion. Um, So I don't know how you can give it up. But if you were to, and I see the reasoning why they would, if you were to, I think a first-round pick might have to be involved, personally, because I think you could leverage that from the Chargers. Because in their mind, they desperately need a left tackle, really. They're really hunting one. Even though there's depth in this class, I think you could potentially argue that oh, you need to give us this to come up all the way here because we're giving up a guy that we think is a cornerstone of the franchise
2: potentially, yeah it could have been it could have been a, 20, uh, a next year's first I don't disagree with that but I just think um, I think one of the things that NFL teams are really going to consider this year is did they play in 2020 and if I've got the Lions picking Devonte Smith, and Jared Goff needs a weapon. If if you if you believe Jared Goff Jared Goff is that guy, even though we all consensus probably think he isn't, but if you think about the GM at, at Detroit is the former is former LA Rams uh, assistant GM, so he's got faith in Jared Goff. So he will probably think right. I need to if I brought him here, I need to give him some weapons. And if you've got the Heisman Trophy winner, then at least at least uh, give him that opportunity.
1: It Brings a certain something to Detroit that they've not had for quite a while, doesn't it, as well? Like in, in terms of having a Heisman trophy winner, because they're not exactly the most glamorous of, of franchises, are they? They're not exactly, you know, box office, you know, very much. And they probably won't be ranting as we've been saying, you know, we're just gonna probably run it, like I'd said, a, a bunch um when he's calling the plays there. But um, you know, I I certainly won't be unhappy with it, let's put it that way.
2: But well, teams will know you just stack the box, prevent the run, and then you mm. got you got to rely on Jared Goff. if he's got no one to throw to, who's yeah. their best? Well, TJ Hawkins probably is probably their best receiver, and they got no other wide. They got no wide receivers. Then they're doomed. They're absolutely doomed. So that it would be easy
4: for a defense to, to play against uh, a team like Detroit next year. Hmm. What I would say though is, are they going to be okay with being doomed? if they're doomed and they're getting the number one overall pick, is that not the goal? Yeah, mother,
2: but, think, but the quarterbacks next year aren't as good as the ones this year. No offence to Detroit either.
3: They've been shit for the last 50 years. <laughs> I don't think anyone's expecting them to... Like, I'm not even like being horrible. Yeah, In terms of like bad franchises, they've been bad for 50 years. Ever since they got cursed, quote-unquote. <laughs> I, I think at this point, everyone in the entire city, in the entire state of Michigan... It's just fine with all their sports teams being mediocre. Seems like the, the franchise never really does anything that says that they're going somewhere. They hired Matt Patricia as a head coach,
2: for fuck's sake. Exactly. You, you I, I'm, Detroit are in that mode where you could draft any player at that at that franchise and it wouldn't make it wouldn't make a difference at all. You've got a whole completely re scheme that whole defense because they've got a Patriot style defense with Patriot style players that have been brought in, brought in for that specific scheme they're changing the whole scheme next year they've got players just don't fit that scheme they they are on a massive rebuild two three four years and as we've seen they've had talent in the past with Calvin Johnson and Paul Tate as, as Matthew thrown,
3: Stafford Matthew Stafford and they
2: still can't do it so yeah they're they're one of those franchises that are just I think mediocre sorry Detroit fans but you have to be brutal and honest so.
1: I think about apologizing to Detroit fan that's what And just said I think the horses Horses left the stable after we bolted yeah, the am, gate. Am, there,
3: no offense. Am I wrong?
1: No, but no, you know, it was it was a to be fair. I really that if,
3: And if you grew up in Detroit or in Michigan, you're hard nosed enough to be able to deal with the truth, and that's the truth.
2: <laughs> and I just, I just want to bring one thing in because it's really, it's one of the issues that I just think, if I was GM, I would draft offensive tackle for the Bengals you've got to protect your biggest asset. I know Jamar Chase, you've got the relationship between him and, and obviously Joe Burrow, but you could, for me, you just have to look at what happened to RG3. He had a, he, he had an ACL. It was not the same since when he came back and he was running for his life when he was at Washington. You do not want the same to happen to Joe Burrow. So if, for me, if, if I'm in that Bengals front office, I would pick offensive tackle. Um, but the thing is, again, it's like it's a, it's a situation where I think they've got the worst head coach in the league, and um, yeah, I th- I think whoever whoever they pick, I think Zach Taylor just he's going to make a mess of it. So that, that's my honest opinion. a bit
4: right. harsh. I I, mean, I will. I'm not a personally a huge Zach Taylor fan. What I will say about him is that I think he's actually a pretty intelligent play caller, and. The reasoning behind the Jamar Chase is because we run the most eleven personnel in the league, and um, well, we have no tight ends, so we can't really do anything else. Um, but I, I guess the, the reasoning is obviously we've got Riley Reef in there. Jamar Chase would be that guy outside, and then suddenly with that offense, you have the three receivers. Would be Tyler Boyd, who I personally believe is one of the top three slot receivers in the league. T Higgins, a, in my I think he'll develop into a number one receiver. If if Jamal Chase didn't come here, so you got two number one receivers either side, and yes, we do have the issue of a, a man with a you know a destroyed leg coming in with an offensive line that isn't a you know isn't the problem. But I'd also say that the, the guard spot is the issue. Bobby Hart was fine last year. We all hate Bobby Hart. Everyone hates to, to dunk on him, but he wasn't actually that bad compared to the guard play. He was below average, but the guard play was the issue. So I think there might be better value potentially finding a a guard there. So that's why I am personally on the Jamar Chase thing. But I think, like you said, there's good reasoning for it. And I think the Bengals are in a nice situation where if I'm on draft night and they pick Saul, I'm not. you know what? Great player, happy with that. I don't think they can really go wrong. I prefer Chase, but I think either way, there is a scenario for us to win that.
1: All right, let's move on then. Some really good picks and some really good conversation from Raj's draft. Kieran, let's come to you next. And um, talk us yeah. through a few of your favorite picks out of your draft that you've
3: bought. I'll throw mine up on screen so you guys can sort of see. So make things a lot easier for everyone. Obviously, the first two picks, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, makes the most sense. Uh, I've then got Trey Lance going third to San Francisco. I, look, like I say to everyone, I don't think he's good. I don't think he's going to develop into a good quarterback but if you want to put him with a guy with sound mechanics, good, like okay decision-making and one of the best releases in the league, that's Jimmy G's the guy to put him with. You can say what you want. He's got very good mechanics. His release is quick. Everything he does uh, mechanically is good, but the decision-making and stuff is a bit sus. Uh, Then I've got the Patriots trading up to the fourth pick. There's a lot of buzz about this. Um, from pretty much everyone, but then you've got people saying that Patriots will never trade up, and then you've got people saying they're definitely trading up, and then you've got people saying they're very interested in this pick, Uh, but I've got them taking Justin Fields. We we, we desperately need a quarterback. I know everyone's talking about, oh, you know, Cam's had a year to settle now. He did, You know, he was good before COVID and everything, but I, I just don't think he's the guy for us. Um Got the Bengals taking Jamar Chase fifth. Just makes the most sense. Literally the best player in the entire draft. The a hill I'm willing to die on. And if you want to get a generational receiver who's going to end up in the hall of fame for your quarterback who is, you know, gonna develop into one of the best in the league in the next few years. It's the pick you've got to make. Um uh Denver Broncos ninth taking Mac Jones. They need a quarterback. Look, I, I love Drew Locke but I'm thinking what this team potentially needs. And I don't know if they're hundred percent sold on lock either. We know Elway loves white kind of out of shape dudes to run his offense. Um, So they've gone with Mac Jones. So with the the Falcons traded back, so I've got them taking Quitty pay because he's a fantastic edge rusher and they need edge help. I don't know why there's so much buzz on them potentially taking a quarterback. Uh, And then, Let's go for an interesting one. We've got the Colts taking Jason Oa. Uh, I think it's just a no-brainer. That defense really needs to start getting to quarterbacks a bit more. Uh, they they were okay last year on defense, but it was their defense that really let them down. We saw it in the uh, Bills playoff game, uh, even though they pretty much got, you know, almost got handed the game from some absolute shocking uh, ref play. Their defense really needs to catch up. Uh, the Browns, I've got them taking Jabril Cox. I think he is. You can you can give me the smirks, guys, but in, they need uh, a good linebacker in there to sort of anchor that linebacker core. And Jabril Cox is the guy to do that. The amount of experience he has, um, and the amount of like things he sees on the field, I think it's just just a no-brainer almost. Then uh, the 30th pick that Raj is going to love. I've actually got the Buffalo Bills taking Osa Adigizua. Going through what they need, they need a big guy on that defensive line who's going to enable guys like Ed Oliver to use their explosiveness and to get to quarterbacks. This could have been the guy missing for them from winning that Kansas City game. Just a big, disruptive, violent human being who's absolutely, absolutely going to scare the shit out of offensive linemen uh ravens elijah moore i think just at this point best wide receiver available and you got a running back throwing the ball you need all the help you can get and we'll finish off with probably a little bit of an interesting pick for some people given how well they shut patrick mahomes down but actually i've got the tampa bay buccaneers taking aziz Adulari. sorry ojulari i just i think they need a guy who can get off that edge um Obviously, they could do that last year, but to add another guy who can be in there and be more disruptive and take load management off a couple of the guys that they've got already, I just think that makes the most sense. Off it, Go on, Raj.
2: First of all, I hate your Odigizua pick because he's in the AFC East. So he's going to he's gonna cause trouble to your team as well as my team. So thanks a lot, mate. But no, I, I love it. You know how much we both like him. So all good. The interesting one for me is you've got another two cornerbacks going in the top 20 in Asante Samuel Jr. and Greg Newsome. Asante Samuel Jr. I think is climbing up draft boards. I think he's definitely going to be a first-rounder. And I can actually see him going where you, where you put him to Arizona, Arizona at the 16. And also Greg Newsome as well. Obviously, that's probably a little bit higher than consensus at the minute. But do you want to just say why, why you thought that those two cornerbacks are in the top 20?
3: So with uh, Patrick Peterson going, I was trying to think of a guy who's like very similar in the way he plays the game, and Asante Samuel, Asante Samuel Jr. It's a real mouthful. Um although he's not as good as Patrick Peterson, I definitely think the ceiling is there for him to develop. Obviously, we've seen how well he's progressed throughout his time at Florida State. Andy, especially, is just you know seeing how well he's developed from freshman to where he is now. Uh, and the Greg Newsom pick, look, it's so hard to pick for Detroit, and this is going to sound really horrible to Detroit fans, but they are just eternally shit. So it's so hard to make a pick for them that doesn't improve their roster exponentially. Like it, it and it's only now after the past few years that we've kind of looked at them taking anyone. That, that could potentially be a quarterback. But I think they really messed up on the El Jefe pick last year. And I think they're going to need to pair someone with him to get give him a bit of a breather. And a lot of thought went into that pick. I just thought, who's best player available? Oh, Greg Newsome. We'll Throw him in there. What's the worst that could happen?
0: Um, I was going to comment, mate. You've got Christian Darasol going quite low compared to um, quite a lot of the consensus, I think. Any... Um... I mean, to be honest, mate, you've only got the three O line apart from um, Cree. No, you've got Tevin Jenkins above him, haven't I mean, you? Yeah. Talk, talk to us about why why Daryl saw that low in the first.
3: I, I look like I said. I'm draft I, my my entire entire draft was based on team need. Uh, and given that there's guys like Tevin Jenkins, who I think are just superior uh, offensive linemen, uh, and what's his face from Northwestern. Uh, Probably Rashawn Slater. Slater. Uh, I just think there wasn't a team who needed him earlier than this. Uh, given how much I liked Evan De- Jenkins and Rashawn Slater, like this draft is very simple. It's based purely on need. Besides the Detroit pick,
1: you've kind of yeah, you kind of taken my question almost in, in a certain, certain sort of sense. I was going to kind of you mentioned Jason Away. You, you mentioned it for the Colts and and. I see that you're Tevin Jenkins and you know a couple of other offensive linemen as well, Darosaur. They they really I mean, I thought I was being controversial because I've given them a corner, but you've gone completely the other way and given them an edge. It's kind of interesting. What what, what I kind of phrase my question is a little bit of similar to how I did with Raj. What made you go edge over offensive tackle rather than the you know, if you if you base it on need, let's say.
3: Uh, because a lot of their sacks last year were coverage sacks. So so they clearly need a guy who's going to get there a little bit earlier. I think I think it was something like over 28% of their sacks last year were coverage sacks. I could be wrong. This was something I saw. Um, so I just think they need a guy who's clearly just going to be able to get to the quarterbacks a bit quicker but also he can sort of dart inside on run plays and get his hands on people and bring people down. So I, I just think it's a, a smart pick for them to have an extra guy there. Go ahead, Ed.
4: Right. I mean, firstly, I, I, want, to be, I want to be polite about Christian Darasol, but I think that's way too low for him. He's personally the number six overall player on my board. I know I'm much higher on him than everyone else, but there are so many teams here that I think would have wanted him. I mean, obviously, the Lions have so many holes, but that's a great point to get him there. Uh, I, mean, I just think there's so many places he could have gone. Uh, I'll, I'll move away from that, though, because I, I do see why you've gone for need. One pick that I, I really can't get my head around is, and I know this is your personal, like, thoughts on players and I've done the same so you know I'm not going to rag on you for that but I think 26 with the Browns Jabril Cox is just way too high and I really like Jabril Cox don't get me wrong I think he's a well, he's a really good player and if he was to go in the second round I think that's the kind of modern linebacker uh, that the NFL needs but for the Browns personally I really don't see the value they're quite a woke franchise under Andrew Berry uh, in the fact that they know the position's the matter. And I don't see a coverage linebacker at 26 being the best play when there are the likes of Aziz Ojolari on the board, when there's your guy, Oso Digizua, on the board. Uh, Have you seen Jabril positions... Cox come off the edge? Oh, no. Oh, he's... he's... Off the edge. No, because, I mean... For, like, no, but I, that's what I mean, utility. I I don't see him. I personally don't see him as a, as a pass rusher that would add anything to that front. Uh, I I assume that the way they'd use him would be in in the middle in coverage. I don't see him coming off the edge at all, but he will be I... an anchor. He will hundred percent be a, a, You know,
3: an anchor sort of guy, and the way he was sort of a field general at LSU, and the way he can command you know, especially after Bo Pelini was fucking gone, the way he can actually command a fairly complex offense bodes well for him coming into the NFL because the Browns do need that guy in the middle of the field who can kind of see what's going on and kind of, you know, make some audibles on the fly he, he's the guy who can do that. His IQ is incredible. It's one of the reasons LSU actually wanted him when he entered the transfer portal because he has such a great knowledge of defenses and that that's what we wanted him to come in for was anchor and almost work as the quarterback of our defense.
4: I just, I mean, I don't see the value because they're right on the board straight as Christian Barmore, I believe, is still on the board. He's still on the board. Uh, There's edge rushers still on the board. There is no place for the Cleveland Browns to be selecting a guy who knows football in the middle of the field when they could add to their pass rush. I I don't see the value when, obviously, they've got, you know, Jadavian Clowney in opposite Miles Garrett. Uh, He's obviously going to be the guy, but you could get a developmental guy, you could get an interior defensive liner. There is I don't see any value for them picking at 26. And I like Jabril Cox and I see your reasoning for it, but I don't think there is a position. I don't think there's any other than, in my opinion, JOK. I believe he's the only linebacker who should go in round one, maybe other than Zayvon Collins. So I just think linebacker is also such a difficult position to play, especially as a rookie. And look, you like Jabril Cox because of his football intelligence, his experience, but one year of FPS football, going to a position that is, you know, famously difficult to play in the NFL you know Patrick Queen was an absolute mess last year loads of first-year linebackers are messes so I think if you're looking at a guy where this Cleveland Browns roster you think okay how do they get better now how do they go to a championship I do not see the value if you were to take him second round yes but that's a terrible spot I just want
3: to say I think he's a lot better than Patrick Queen
4: oh I I think I think they're, they're very different so I don't really want to get in on that but I see why you like him more but the point remains, it doesn't matter how good you are, what kind of linebacker you are. It's so difficult to play in that role that adding a adding a, a guy straight into it and expecting him to be a leader on the defence is mismanagement.
3: Yeah, the, the only reason I mentioned the being the leader on defence is literally because I am so high on his football IQ. I think that's kind of hard to get in certain defensive players. It's also why I'm so high on Elijah Molden. It's just that the incredible intelligence is is almost hard to come by. Um, from certain defensive positions. So that's why I just had him go into the Browns because they kind of need that dude.
4: I think they do. I think they've got a lot. I mean, I, I, just, I don't think the Browns need a leader on defence, to be honest. I think they've got plenty of guys in there who I look at and think they're the guy. Miles Garrett is obviously that guy. They've got leaders on defence. I think the pass rush is more important.
3: Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I get that.
1: Awesome. No, good, good, really good chat there. Obviously, you know, passionate LSU supporter. Versus a secret Cleveland Browns fan, by the sounds of things. Although you wear the wrong, wrong shade of orange. Um, I know you've taken your your Bengals hoodie off now, haven't you? So maybe you've switched franchises there, Ed. Right? I don't know.
2: <laughs> Ed, Ed, Ed's bringing the fire because obviously last week he he was obviously beaten down by Kieran, so he's come back next week. Oh, and, blazing. And and that's
1: it. <laughs> he's definitely learning. I'm, uh, I'm going to go next. Um, I'm going to go next. So, I've got the usual suspects one to six. Uh, I've got Pitts, as I think someone's mentioned, we've all got Pitts going at six. Jamal Chase, we've all got five, I think. My, my controversial pick for the top four is Penn Eyes, going to uh, Atlanta. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm like that anymore, considering the rumours today coming out about Julio Jones and things like that. But, you know, he's out there now. I don't want to change it. Um, my justification for that was the Arthur Smith offence and kind of being a heavy-run team and things like that. You can get a running back like John T. Williams in the top of the second, and you kind of got your ingredients there to run Arthur Smith's offence. I know this one's going to be controversial. You probably want to ask me something about it, so I won't go into it too much, but I've got the Patriots coming up to seven for Trey Lance. I know that one person's going to be really unhappy about that, so I'll probably just move on from that and let him speak about it later. Um, we're all over the place with Denver, aren't we? We're really all over the place as a group with Denver, and I've gone for Micah Parsons, just think that makes a great fit. Vic Fangio, I think he's Vic Fangio, linebacker. I don't think the draft media or anyone else is kind of dropping him at all for everything that's going on off the field. So I'm not gonna drop him myself. You know, there's no reason to if everyone else isn't. So as much as he seems like a pretty abhorrent guy, he's going number nine overall to to, uh, to Denver. Which um, yeah, it was like a, a bit of a different pick because everyone's kind of all over the place. With him, I think Andy, were you referencing me when you're talking about Devonta Smith dropping down? I've got him to 15 to the Lions after uh, the the Patriots got traded up, and uh, pretty similar to Raj, actually, in that sense. When I, um, you know, forgot him going to Detroit in the teens. Uh, moving on forward through one pick, I actually really like, even though I shouldn't, is for the Raiders, is uh, Jeremiah Osuoromo going to the Raiders at 17? I think that's a really John Gruden pick. You know, we talk about how those guys like everyone who does everything fast. And I just think Gus Bradley's defense needs to play like that. I think he'll long for a play like that after coming off uh, doing James um, and and just wanting one of those positional movable pieces, positionless movable pieces. Sorry, in his defense, because um, you know we know that they don't apply a lot of pressure. It's the lowest sack, lowest um, almost lowest sack, lowest pressure, right? and lowest blitz rate um, in the league almost for, you know, if you need some pass rushes, but you need a lot of coverage as well. So, yeah, I think Gus Bradley will kind of be banging the table for someone like that. Whether it would be JLK or not 17 remains to be seen. Bit of a controversial pick. I'm sure that the lads um, from Miami or the Miami fans should say, well, maybe want to pick my brains about Jalen Phillips 18. So, I'll kind of, again, leave that one. Um, more of a kind of need thing rather than anything else. I'm not sure... The you know i kind of going against Raj in a way that like I was saying last week, getting offensive weapons to everyone, that you've got to balance out somewhere. But yeah, I'll, I'll you know, take questions from you guys later on if uh, if you've got them, uh, and it's not as long as so I'm sure I'll get one at least. Um, as like I said before, I've got the con- maybe slightly controversial pick for any Colts fans listening, uh, Caleb Farley going to the Colts at twenty-one. Uh, I just didn't think there was a left tackle worth taking at that spot, so I've kind of gone for the next need, and they can maybe pick it up later on rather than reaching. They've got a pretty bad cornerback room in mean, Rocky Sin, who is not very good, and was raw coming out. TJ Carrie and Xavier Rhodes, who are both 31 and on one-year deals. Um, so yeah, they're kind of like they picking the second best need because the, the first one was out of range almost. Lander Dixon going to the Steelers, another controversial one. I think we're all over the place in the Steelers as well. We've got no idea what the what the Pittsburgh Seals are going to do. So I went for Landon Dickerson at 24, kind of against what a couple of you guys have said. I'm going to build the offensive line for the next quarterback and for the next running back that's coming in. I know that Raju is really scared about Landon Dickerson anyway, um, so I know you'll disagree with that one, but I'm uh, I'm willing to kind of invest in that one. Friends are United in Jacksonville for the next pick, and we're all over the place with different linebackers for the Browns. I've gone for Zayvon Collins to kind of keep it for the same position, but for different reasons for, for you guys. And then I want to kind of fast-forward it to the end. I've got a couple of trade-ups. I've got Matt Jones going to the Broncos at 29, trading with the Packers. And then I've got Samuel Cosme going to the Bengals at 30, so they get Jamar Chase and the left tackle in the first round. And then I've got Barmore and then Traymore, Trayvon Moreg going to the Ravens at 31-32 uh, to round it out. So, yeah, I'll come to you, Raj. So, um, just like Jalen Phillips...
2: I, I... For me, I just can't take him at Miami. I just think the concussion's really, really scare me. You know, obviously, come out of retirement, I just think hmm. that's a red flag for me. I don't think he's not even on my draft board like Landon Dickerson. It's just, uh, just concussions really worry me. You look at obviously he was a ball and at 49ers and mm-hmm. as well. It's just when you have that kind of injury, it is really scary. That it just I, I think you just take him off my board. Um the one team that I actually is it, interesting. Obviously, you you, you picked uh, JOK for Raiders is, well, it's, it's the Las Vegas Raiders because I have a sneaky suspicion they could get up to quarterback because I don't think John Gruden's ever been happy with Derek Carr. And But it's interesting. I think everyone's gone defense, but I went offensive tackle because they completely ripped down that unit as well. Mm. Um, so it was, was, was a tackle a consideration at 17 as well because I see you've got uh, Tevin Jenkins going at, at 19 to the, the football team.
1: Yeah, it was. It really was. Um, Like you said, they've completely deconstructed that unit almost, haven't they? And they're sort of starting afresh. So yeah, 100% came into my consideration. Like I said, I just think that, obviously, I've just watched Gus Bradley's defence over the past, you know, however many years, I think it's last three years. He's been in LA and San Diego. So I think maybe that was burnt onto my sort of psyche and things like that, While while, what he'll want from that. And I know that he, because he's been an ex-head coach and things like that, I know he's got a lot of sway with these sort of things, or he did with the Chargers at least. And he definitely kind of had almost like his own draft pick each year that he was there just because he does hold like a bit of sway and obviously his defence is his defence. And if you, you need to stock it properly for it to work because it's it's a bit outdated nowadays, but you do need certain sort of positions and players to make it work. And I just do think like having a coverage linebacker um, is, is one of the components that's needed for that. Obviously, we've had doing James. And the other guy who I could have mentioned in this sort of sort of role was um, Kaiser White, who was a safety at West Virginia and then he became a linebacker at the Chargers when we actually sort of shot everyone a little bit as of as how much you can shot people with a fourth round pick, I'm not sure. But um by announcing him as a linebacker rather than a safety when his draft pick was announced. Um, which you know, again kind of leads me to, towards JLK really. So that's kind of why I went for that one. Plus, obviously the speed and the athleticism and um you know the range you can can, can cover over the middle and, and the second level kind of me towards that, but yeah, you no, know, going back to your point, yeah, 100% came into my consideration, but we know that the uh, the draft is stacked at offensive tackle, so we could get one, or well, they could get one, should I say, later down the line. Yeah, yeah I was
0: going to go, man. Um, you've got, like, I think you're Etienne, um, I think you are going above Harris. I can't see Harris on there. Yes, I think I like, uh, yeah, I think that's like, that was a consensus until like November, wasn't it really? I mean, everyone was kind of like, Etienne's the guy. Do you think he's kind of got like blown away in, um, in Harris mania?
1: As in Etienne's kind of got lost in the wash a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I Just do. Lot, you
0: know.
1: I do. And obviously everyone, including myself, you know, I'm, I don't think Travis Etienne is the best running back in the class. I'm, I'm thinking for Jacksonville with this pick. I'm not thinking, you know, purely going down my board almost, so to speak, at the positions of that I think they'll take. Um, yeah, 100%. I think this is, like I said, you reunited. Why would you? You know, we've talked about chemistry a lot between us for different reasons and different players and different teams. You know, if you've got that quarterback running back chemistry, why go away from that? And yeah, now Jarvis actually falls out of the first round in my mock. I'm not a huge running back sort of in the first round guy. Maybe I let that influence my thinking. But I just think with these second first round picks that a couple of these teams have got now, in a way they can kind of see them as a bit of a luxury the second one and you can kind of go away from need a little bit and you can kind of say, well, let's just go out there and get the most talented player. And that did come into my consideration with Jalen Phillips actually as well, thinking that... You know They've got the they've got Kyle they've got the offensive weapon, you've got um picks all the way through the draft, and uh, yeah, you can go and get someone with a really high ceiling. I completely take Raj's point earlier on from the point of view that he could be a bit well, he's a massive risk, really, with that with his history of concussions and things like that. But I do think that he can you know be a really high ceiling player and be a bit of a star if he does come off so kind of came into consideration both of these sort of second first round picks with this one. But yeah, I completely agree with what you say. I think he does got a little bit lost in the wash and uh, Harris is still the better running back, but just not for Jacksonville.
3: I was going to say landed the pick is spot on. I, I, I don't okay. see how they take anyone else uh, at that point. They, they are desperate for a center and they're desperate for a guy ready to go day one. And, and I think that's it. Bama is just a factory for offensive linemen. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that is a pick I like, uh, even as much as I hate the Steelers. And I think they're going to be trash this year. And I think the Bengals are going to beat them twice and the Browns are going to beat them twice and the Ravens are going to beat them twice. <laughs> I, I think the centre is literally the best pick they could go for.
1: Yeah, I think in my little blurb that I've got in front of me, I think I've talked about things like culture and you know the demeanour and things like that. And I think they've got to reestablish that. They've lost a big character in Marquis Pouncey. They've obviously lost Villanueva. They've lost Filer, as Ed mentioned earlier on. And I just think it's about rebuilding that and just rebuilding that culture as well.
3: They've extended Mike Tomlin, though. And I've, I think people forget, when you've had a head coach who's been at a team as long as a, a guy like Mike Tomlin has... He's actually going to get the chance to rebuild. It's not going to be like teams where they get a coach in, he doesn't rebuild in three years and they're going to fire him. I think they're going to be quite lenient. But the culture he's built at that team, that every single player at that team is, besides maybe Big Ben just because of who he is as a person, I think every single player at that team is 100% bought in to that team. Now, I've had problems with people on that team before not being maybe as invested in the culture as the rest of the guys but that is so rare because the only time we've ever seen it is like with what's his face big ben throws teammates under the bus on his radio show and then i can't remember if it was maybe phil who when they agreed to stay in the locker rooms just went out there and stood out there by himself anyway for the national anthem but the fact that you see a team normally on every single front is very united and very bought in that's very very important yeah i'd
1: agree i'd agree there All right, then, let's move on to our final one. Then, Ed, you take us through your favorite picks from your mock draft, and uh, yeah, we'll get some final questions for you
4: right to, to preface this 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 mock draft isn't a predictive one I don't think this is what's going to happen on the day this is what I would do in every situation therefore it doesn't follow the consensus board it just follows mine so obviously Trevor Lawrence Wilson 1-2 and then Trey Lance 3 is the play for the 49ers there I, I love Trey Lance I think Kyle Shanahan can afford to take the most talented quarterback in terms of physical traits and running ability there that makes a lot of sense for me uh, the big one for me is the Las Vegas Raiders coming up to 4 and selecting Justin Fields I don't And I think there are a lot of teams that should be in play for a quarterback here. The Broncos should be looking to trade up. The Patriots should be looking to trade up. But the reason that they didn't trade up here and the Raiders did is that I don't think the Broncos and Patriots should be looking to trade up four because I think people people think they can wait until the Lions to trade up. So in that way, the Vegas Raiders were able to get around it. And I think this is the perfect time for the Raiders to take a quarterback. John Gruden's, what, got seven years left on his 10-year deal, and they're not going anywhere. This roster is middling, and I like Derek Carr, but they're not going to do anything with him. But let's be honest here. With this, this roster, he's not going to take them anywhere far. So why not go up, take Justin Field, spin Derek Carr for a first-round pick from the Chicago Bears, and move on? So for me, that makes perfect sense, and I think the Raiders need to need to just swing the bat a bit here because the the first round picks the last couple of years haven't worked, and it's the perfect moment to say, "Off you go, Derek. Let's try and build a roster around a cheap quarterback who can be, you know, one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. That's his, you know, that's his ceiling, which Derek doesn't really have." Bless him. Uh, moving down the line, uh, the Lions took who All the Broncos trade up to get Mac Jones. No-brainer. I think the Broncos need it. Uh, the Cowboys got Christian Darasor. Uh, I know they want corner, but Patrick Sattam's off the board, so I took them. Uh, moving down, the Minnesota Vikings have taken Christian Barmore. I know that's a bit of a reach for the rest of you, but I think Barmore, I think he's the 15th player on my board. I think it makes a lot of sense to them with the offensive linemen, uh, or a lot of the offensive linemen off the ball at that point. And the Bears take Rashad Bateman to get a weapon for, well, potentially Derek Carr, but in this case, the Red Rifle. Andy Dalton. Uh, other picks I love. I love the Washington football team in 19 taking Samuel Cosme. He's my number four tackle in this class. I think he's so athletic. And while there's a lot of development to go, I, I think that being able to take a guy like him who has such high upside uh, is a great move for the Washington football team. Uh, other picks I like. I like the Steelers taking Santa Samuel Jr. and not taking a running back. Uh, I like the Jaguars taking Trevor Murig, the safety. Uh, so I think he's the best safety in this class. And that's a big need for them. And I'm going to disagree with you slightly. Here, you mentioned there was kind of like a a, a a luxury pick for teams with a second first round pick, and then whilst I see I see the logic, I don't agree with that because I think you traded away a good player to get that first round pick. So don't you know treat it as if oh we have a spare first round pick, how wonderful! You're a team with so many needs. You do not need a running back who can run fast. You need a you know a playmaker who can have an impact on your defense, uh, and then finally. Uh, we got uh, we got the Baltimore Ravens taking Elijah Barrettuker and Liam Eikenberg at twenty seven thirty one with their two first round picks. So I think the offensive line is descending, and I think they just need to invest and sort that out. Uh, the Saints take J C Horn, and I'm lower on him, but he's still a, he, he got a first round grade for me when I confirmed my final big board. I finished that this evening, and he he did get a first round grade. And I think this is the right spot for him. It's a good spot for him. He'll be great in that Saints that Saints defense. I think he'll do far better than his draft position because of the way they'll use him. And then finally, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's my favourite pick of the round, actually. I take Creed Humphrey, the offensive lineman. And I think I, I thought of this as if, you know, the Bucs don't need someone to take them to championship. They need someone who can protect them from something happening to their championship. I think that the, the problems they have potentially is either the secondary falling off or the offensive line, that interior of the offensive line, not working. And when Ali Marpet did, I think he didn't play three games last year. He wasn't in for the Bears and they looked in trouble and they lost that game. And the, the other couple of games, they were weak for the interior. So getting a guy in in Creed Humphrey who can play any th- of the three positions on that interior, of the offensive line, makes so much sense. And I think it's the best pick to protect your championship ring. And that's what you need to be doing. You don't need to be looking at, hey, Jalen Phillips could be this amazing edge rusher. No, forget the future. You have two or three years with Tom Brady. Protect him. Feel the most problematic thing in this roster. Make sure you have no holes. So that's that's my first remark, and I'll be honest, I'm pretty happy with it. No reason not to be. No reason not to be. Can I kick off?
1: Can I kick off? Um, This pick would make Chargers Twitter extremely mad. Jalen modeled to the Chargers. I mean, I know you said at the start of your mock, embrace the chaos, but this really would be chaos. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about why you went for a a wide receiver as opposed to a corner or uh, even offensive lineman, obviously the two biggest needs on the roster.
4: So the offensive line was caused by the fact that all three were off. So the Eagles took Rashawn Slater, the pick before, and if they hadn't taken him, that would have been my pick. Um, And then cornerback-wise, I am personally of the opinion that I don't see that other any other corner apart from Patrick Satane would be worthy of the thirteenth overall pick. I like the other corners. Kayla Farley has some from the injury issues. I think Newsom and Santa Santa Samuel Jr. are kind of guys that I think like twenty to twenty four makes sense. And then um, I don't think J.C. Horn is a good fit for the Brandon Staley defense that you're going to be having there. So uh, I don't think he's I don't think he's a fit there. And Jalen Moore's just a guy like well okay, so you can't have the offensive line. There's no corner value here. No one's trading up. So. OK, well, what's the best pick? Well, I think that the best value pick would be adding another weapon for Justin Herbert because you know Jalen Waddle is that super fast guy who can be a vertical slot. He can give you that vertical offense. And we know how good Justin Herbert was throwing down the field last year. So giving him just another guy that has another option on the field, gives him something different, can give him that deep threat, that can make him even more potent. And I think if you're trying to protect Justin Herbert and you're trying to make your offense more efficient, if you can't get the offensive line, then having another great wide receiver who gets open pretty quickly, and especially a guy who can operate in the slot, would be my pick. So I'd have taken an offensive lineman if, if there was one there. But I think in this circumstance, you have to take what's on the board, because the worst thing the Chargers could do within a roster that I think is in a good place, with a really good head coach, the quarterback who's clearly ascending, would be to reach for a need that could be filled at a later point so mm. I know it's going to be an annoying pick and uh, I wouldn't I'd have ideally liked Slater or Darius to be there but in the in the circumstance that was the way the board fell and I think Waddle could be a great fit um, in that Justin Herbert led offense because it could be really explosive
1: yeah I mean it does it feels really strange to say that you'd be be angry at Jaden Waddle, but I know what charges is, is like I know how set on a left tackle they are but no I mean you have explained it away it is great so yeah and I'll take that one
2: just, I think you might have something similar to say about um, the Dolphins pick at 18. I think Andy might, might come in here. Rondell Moore at 18. I just, I think if you're taking Carl Pitts at six, you have your pass catcher there in the first round, and I just can't see us, unless one of the big four dropped to 18, I can't see us taking a, a receiver at 18. Um, and especially if, if it is Rondell Moore, why Rondell Moore ahead of Elijah Moore? Um, I think Rondell Moore is, is probably going to be dropping to mid to late second just because of the height and obviously we're, we're used to a, a midget being our slot at the minute in Jakeem Grant so don't think that's the flavour of the month <laughs> down in yeah. Miami but but um, yeah just just interested to hear your thoughts on that.
4: So obviously, this has run off my personal big board, so I'm I'm ignoring the consensus. If this was the consensus, I wouldn't have taken Rondell Moore. I'd have waited until the second round. But given it's my big board and I have Rondell Moore there, I think it makes a lot of sense. They they did trade down and got uh, an extra third round pick to, to get to 20, which I think which, I think helps things. Um, uh, the other options be offensive line and Samuel Cosman was off the board, so I didn't see great value there that you can't take a running back at 20, in, in my opinion. I, I think because because the Dolphins, firstly, I, they're not a team that's ever really, you know, in this regime, looked for a big-name running back recently. And I still don't think they should, because I think if they were to take a pick, I think it's pick 50 uh, is the fourth pick you have. There's a There, there will be a guy there. So I, I would say patience, wait for a Gervonta, or whoever's there at 50 would be my say. And then... Rondell Moore's just a guy who gets open, makes yard after the catch. And I don't care how many weapons the Dolphins have. I want to add another one until I feel like this offense is just stacked. And yeah, maybe he's just that slot guy. He's just that screen guy. He's just that gadget guy. But it gives Tua the best possible chance to succeed. And it would have been offensive line if there was value there, but there wasn't. So I thought this was the best pick just for Tua's development. And hey, look. If you want a running back, Rondell Moore could probably do that as well. I think he could take some running back reps for you. He can do those jet sweep things. He can do those designed wide receiver run things that add to your run game. So because I'm so opposed to a running back in every sense, this is the best pick for that offence.
0: I can get my jersey and it has my name on it so I'm in this is all for you this is all for you
4: (laughs) uh, (laughs) I was just thinking that it's time to reward UK
0: Dolphins fans so that's it that's it I've been playing with getting a Matt Moore one for years but I couldn't really justify it so there you
3: go I was going to say I like your Bucks pick as well I think I'm falling into the trap that a lot of other people have fallen into that they want to keep that defence as good as it is but but Pete, Pete, i kind of forgot myself that brady is actually human and he is also 900 years old so they he's not going to be able to take the hits that some younger quarterbacks could and i neglected to remember that ali marpet was actually missing games last year and they did get fucking toasted when he wasn't there so yes. I, I think i think that's probably the best pick they can go for now if i think about it
4: yeah, you know, this is the thing, because they're, they're, there'll be a lot of temptations to take a guy like Jalen Phillips at 32 or someone who can add to that defense, something like that. But the Bucs aren't a position where they need to get the best player in four or five years at Edgewater to succeed somebody, because you don't need to succeed somebody. Right? You just need to win a ring this year. right? There, there should be, With all NFL teams, I think they should be looking at least three years into the future, usually. The Bucs need to look at week one next season that every time they have braids all they need to do do not worry about your edge of the future don't worry about investing in a quarterback of the future at any point because you're in this Uh, they're in a very
3: rare situation where they're happy to be shit for the next five years after brady is gone
4: yeah who cares you could win two or three super bowls in a row in this so just invest in how you win now forget five years down the line I don't think there will be a Bucs fan out there who have... They are historically the worst team in the NFL, I think, by record. I don't think any of them are going to be bothered if you don't have a succession plan for Tom Brady after two Super Bowl rings. They they will not care. So I'm sad Creed Humphrey's actually not there at 38 for the Bengals because I'm doing a three-round what I would do mock draft and he'd have been my pick there because i love him. But, yeah, I just think in this scenario... Screw value. Screw the best player in three or four years. Just pick what makes you win this year because that roster is complete, absolutely complete. So yeah, just get the just get that thing that can stop you falling apart. Awesome.
1: Yeah, no, I like it. Ed. I'm like, we can't wait to see your your three rounder as well. That should be excellent. Is that coming out very soon?
4: That's going to come out on. It's going to come out on Wednesday. Okay. So awesome. Can't wait to. It- it's going to be a nightmare, but it's going to go alongside with my uh, with my big board that's coming out soon as well. So, yeah, it should be coming out soon.
1: Awesome, guys. Can't wait to get eyes on that, Ed. Um, and, yeah, that wraps up today's programme. So, yeah, here we are. We're a couple, of, a couple of days away from draft night, should I say. And, uh, yeah, here's our mock drafts for you. So go over to fulltendownards.com, go and have a look at them. We've got a new um, draft hub that Tim has set up very kindly for us and all the draft articles are on there. I think we could have maybe one or two more before Thursday night as well. Let's get out of here, because we've got to get off. Um, Kieran, come on, give us your handle. Tell us what you're doing at Full 10 Yards and uh, what you're doing before draft night.
3: I am the uh, <clears throat> the himbo f 10 y on the Twitter. We are doing a very fun live show on draft night. We're going to go live 15 minutes before the draft starts, and we're just going to live react to the picks. That's me and Freddie. Uh, but also I do want to say prayers and thoughts right now with a uh, family of Michigan, central Michigan quarterback, John Keller, who was shot last night at a party. He's currently in critical condition hospital, uh, former Cincinnati quarterback as well. So I just want to say thoughts are going out to him
2: right now.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure I'll we'll second that. Raj, give us your handles and where we can find you.
2: Find me on Twitter at the Garch. Um, Feel free to rip my draft to shreds i have thick skin so um go for it and um yeah uh, there's a couple more articles that i want to send out before before draft day and uh, as part of my hot takes and the final bit of that hot take will be after the draft where we'll talk about don't read too much into the grades that people give mm. after the draft because as we've seen last year some of the some of the teams that got c's and d's ended up having the best draft so don't don't panic if uh, some websites give your team a C or a D. Yeah,
1: some people don't know what they're talking about, do they? Andy, what about yourself?
0: Yeah, AJ twenty one or Dolphin UK underscore Pod. Um, yeah, just ready now, ready for it all, and looking forward to uh, seeing, you know, which jersey I'm going to buy next. And, and inevitably, Jinx, I always buy the first round jersey, and they're normally crap. So.
1: <laughs> oh, there you go <laughs> none of them um, have made it to that wall enough. behind you anyway
0: that's it well yeah there you go we've got we've got <laughs> what last year's one, betting Alabama colours until until we see something something flash
1: all right yeah can't wait
4: and Ed finally what about yourself so it's at Faradise on Twitter my Big board's going to come out with, I think, 140 players is the aim to have out this. So I have 140 players evaluated all out. So you can find my rankings there. And then my three-round mock draft will also be out before draft night. So if you want to go check that out, see what I think your team should do. And that'll be all of my picks there. You know, go ahead. And Dolphins fans, my DMs are open because I'm pretty much guaranteed that they won't be taking the running back until the third round or later. So um, feel free to direct your hate towards me there.
1: <laughs> We're all inviting the hate so much this evening. It's great. I guess it's what you kind of expect when it comes to mock drafts. Uh, just finally for me, then for at Wakefield 90 on Twitter. Uh, not really planning to do a great deal. I might just be able to squeeze out another draft profile on Jamar Johnson, the Indiana safety, hoping to get that done. But I can't promise anything, you know how busy it's been with all these guys and everything they're doing. Nonetheless, there'll be plenty of content coming out at full-time yard CFB. And speaking of which, I'm also behind that handle usually as well. So at Yards CFB. Um, still a few days to get your draft guides in. We dropped the price to $3.99 over the last couple of days as well. So, you know, it's available pretty very, pretty cheaply now. Bargain basement price. So, yeah, still still the digital copy is available. So, yeah, come and get one. And, uh, yeah, become more knowledgeable before draft night. It's going to be a great accompaniment to whatever's in your snack helmet and whatever you're drinking on draft night. So, yeah, come over to fullsternyaz.com forward slash shop and get one there. But this has been the Full Ten Yards College Football Podcast. We've been mocking the mocks, mocking each other's mocks. And uh, yeah, we'll see you uh, on the other side of the draft. See you then.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com,
4: or follow us on Twitter at Full Ten Yards CFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.